This is the Homeschool Show from North Carolinians for Home Education. Our goal is to help you homeschool with confidence and joy. My name is Matthew McDill, and I'm your host. Welcome to the show, and I want to welcome into the studio for the, well, I was going to say for the first time, uh, our co-host. But you've been here before. I have. Because you've recorded uh, webinars and different things, and we've shown you uh, on the show some of the webinars, uh, some of the clips from those. So you recognize Rhonda, but she is our co-host for today's show. We're glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. What do we have planned today? We have, first of all, the homeschool news section. Then we're going to have homeschool conversations. And in this one, we're going to speak with Tim Lambert. You did an interview with him, I believe, the president of the Texas Homeschool Coalition. And I think you guys talked about how COVID and government restrictions have affected homeschooling and also why parents are choosing to homeschooling choosing to homeschool and even continuing to, d- to stick mm-hmm. with it and what we can do about threats to our homeschooling. Our next segment will be the homeschool tip of the week and we're going to tackle training your children in first time obedience. Yeah, wait for that one. Yeah, big one. And then the homeschool reality moment and this is a segment when we take a look at what's going on in real homeschools like you have and so we'll look at that one. Great. Thanks. So we'll start with the news, and uh, what we have for news today is three important events we want to make sure that you know about. Uh, And the first is my favorite event, and I think the most important one we do, and that's the Thrive Homeschool Conference. Uh, And that's uh, every year in May. And the big thing that we want to talk about today is that we are announcing our featured speakers. So, yeah, we have six featured speakers. We have a bunch of speakers, a lot of workshop speakers, but we have six featured speakers I want to tell you about. Um, First, I want you to go ahead and mark your calendars for May 26th to 28th of next year, 2022. That's when uh, the Thrive Conference is going to be in Winston-Salem. And so we're looking forward to that time. Do you uh, go to the conference every year? I do. How many years? (laughs) Goodness, it's longer than I've, since 1998 when we moved to North Carolina. Oh, wow. And I think I've missed one. Pretty fantastic, aren't they? That's, I love them. So here, here they are. Number one is Rachel Carmen, and she's a North Carolina um, native, or mm-hmm. she lives here now. She's a owner of Apologia, and she's an author, and she blogs and does all sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, Derek and Cheryl Carter, another featured speaker. They're homeschool leaders and parents of five. Mike Donnelly, he's an HSLDA attorney and media spokesperson. Dr. Kathy Cook, and she is president, uh, speaker, and author of Celebrate Kids. And she's been to our conference several times. And Dr. Jeff Myers, he's the president of Summit Ministries, and he will be especially one of our team track speakers. And we have Rebecca Spooner, who's a blogger at homeschoolon.com. So you want to make sure and uh, see more information about these speakers as they come. We're really looking forward to seeing them. Another exciting thing we have that is at the same time as the conference is our graduation. And so you are now able to go um, and see all the possibilities that you have for graduation. If you have a graduation, uh, a person who's graduating this year, Um, You can attend our ceremony, you can get a diploma, you can apply for scholarships, um, and you you had a graduate. Yes. This last year, was that pretty fun? It was pretty fun. Yep, we've graduated all of ours now. You also get to have, um, like, 
in the greenhouse magazine, mm -hmm. you'll have uh, a mention and they'll tell about your graduate. That's pretty fun that too. That is pretty cool. So if you go to nchg.com slash graduate dash central, you can find out all about the different options for graduation. So we're really excited about that. That will be on May 29th, which is the same weekend as the conference. Okay, the last one is that uh, for the last several years, NCHE has hosted a field trip to the Charlotte Hornets game. And this year is December 27th. It's already set up. All the information is not out yet. Uh, it's usually somewhere in the, as far as payment in the 30s, um, 30 something dollars. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just telling you so you can put it down on your calendar, December 27th for the Charlotte Hornets game. And what happens is there's all sorts of cool goodies, and there's even a time for the homeschool kids to go play out on the court during the game. It's so, a really cool field trip. So mark that down. Have you been there? I haven't, but I've seen pictures. I know. And I keep thinking that's what I've got to go to. I know. So I we're going to put it down. Okay, those are our three, uh, three events that we wanted to let you know about. What do we have next? We have our homeschool conversation, and today um, we're having a conversation with Tim Lambert, who is the president of the Texas Homeschool Coalition. Right, and uh, recently I went to the uh, National Alliance of Christian Home Education Leaders Conference, and this was in St. Louis, and Tim Lambert was there, and I've seen him many years there, and I was able to just sit down with him and discuss what's going on in homeschooling at this cultural moment and what are the important things going on. We had a great conversation, so let's check that out. So we were talking before about this question of why are parents homeschooling? Why are parents choosing to homeschool right now? And you seem kind of interested in seeing how that's expanding or changing. Yeah, so in Texas last year, we're just like every place else. We had a lot of uh, families who were choosing to homeschool out of fear. You know, they were concerned about the virus. They did not know how that was going to impact their children. Um, they were concerned about what the school environment was going to look like. Uh, we had a lot of families who had, did not like the online school that the public schools offered. Uh, and so we, we saw a huge boon in homeschooling as a result of that. We thought we'd seen a, that that would be kind of a high water mark, and we've seen a whole new level this year. Our, our call volume in August is three times what it was last year. And, and part of that, we have the Delta variant now, so people are again concerned about that. Mm -hmm. You've got a fight going on between the governor and school districts saying you, you will mask, you won't mask. Um, so all that I think has contributed to um, a number of folks who are not comfortable going back to public schools with their kids. And we're, we're also seeing that, you know, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence out of there that a lot of these families who chose to homeschool last year say, you know what, I kind of like this. Mm -hmm. Our kids are doing well academically. Uh, our parent, the family is have it's got a great schedule, mm -hmm. so we're not, you know, we didn't, didn't realize the stress we were under with the public so school curriculum. So the reasons changing then? You know, I mean, it could be a fear, and then it's... Yes, we saw that. I think to, uh, even the AP did a, a story that was carried every place where they interviewed families who said, you know, we were forced to do this. We would not have done it otherwise, and it's been great. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're going to keep doing it. Uh, Time for Learning did an online... They did a poll of over 2,000 families that chose to homeschool after January of 2020, and 72% of those families said we're going to keep doing it. 
I mean, that was just a few months ago. So I was wondering, is there a bad reason to homeschool? You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I'm tempted to say there's no bad reason to homeschool. Okay. Uh, I think what we have seen is that often parents homeschool for one reason and they wind up seeing the benefits okay. and they continue for, to homeschool for another reason. What would you say the importance of homeschooling in this cultural moment is? As you see the division in the culture or what you're observing politically or, or morally? You know, um, I do see God's hand in the timing of this. If you'll recall, um, Harvard University was planning a quote-unquote summit on homeschooling last year just as this hit, and their, their invited-only list was a who's who of we don't like homeschooling. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that the professor Hart Bartlett said was she expected the, an increase, a dramatic increase in, in child abuse as a result of all <laughs> these families staying home. Yeah. Uh, and I think even the folks that expected that are, are, are acknowledging that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. In fact, it seemed the opposite happened, that some of these families did much better. So I see that, this, the timing of that is providential in my view, that uh, just as opponents of homeschooling were gearing up to make a big push, I mean, I, I did a blog post last year that basically said, we're all homeschoolers now, you know. Um, so a lot of the public, a great deal higher percentage of the public is now sympathetic toward the idea of homeschooling than ever before as a result of this, I think. So it, it almost sounds like you're not expecting opposition, but I don't anticipate you mean that. I mean, no. there will be opposition. No, I, I think there will... I think there will always be opposition because there's a, the, the idea that parents have a God-given right to raise their kids as they see fit is not a principle that is widely accepted in our culture. Mm -hmm. And uh, I happen to hold that view, uh, as do a lot of people, but I think because of that we will continue to see uh, efforts to restrict uh, parents' ability to make decisions for their kids. But in this moment in time, this pandemic has in introduced a whole group of people right, that never it. would have volunteered for this to homeschooling, mm -hmm. and a lot of them like the idea. So the fact that you see a lot of parents who are saying, this is, our kids are doing well academically, there's less stress, it's been great for our family. And I think that's, you know, typical of parents that are just beginning to consider homeschooling, the first questions you always have is academics. You know, yeah. can I do this? Will my kids be successful? Mm -hmm. And later you begin to realize, you know, the benefits of this go far beyond academics. Mm -hmm. So, assuming there will be threats, what, what do you recommend to homeschool families to be vigilant and aware or engaged in what ways? Yeah, I think, uh, I think it is a lot of parents who begin to homeschool have never been politically aware, uh, maybe not involved at all in, in elections or that sort of thing. And what we try to do is help people connect the dots 
the, the freedom that we have in North Carolina and in Texas to choose to educate our children at home is, uh, is at risk. Uh, the legislatures, if they chose to, could outlaw that. I mean, the courts have said the states have the right to regulate education. So what we try to do in Texas and really across the country is homeschoolers ought to be connected to their state association that has their pulse on what's going on in the legislature. Uh, and also as we elect candidates, we elect people to the legislature, we need to be educating those people about homeschooling, uh, trying to make sure that we elect people to office who have a, a view of homeschooling that is sympathetic to parents being able to make those decisions for their kids. That was Tim Lambert from the Texas Homeschool Coalition, and I really appreciated his insight on, the, on those issues there. Really good issues, yeah. Well, next we have the Homeschool Tip of the Week, and this week we're talking about training your children in first-time obedience. That's right. Have you, have you ever had a conversation with someone who said, I could never homeschool? Oh, yeah. Because... They don't obey me. Yeah. <laughs> my kids won't do anything I say. How could I possibly right. homeschool? And I was even talking to uh, a family member who doesn't homeschool, but their kids kept having to come home because of COVID or, right. you know, maybe they were exposed or something. And mm -hmm. at the end, she's just like, they've got to go back. <laughs> I cannot do this. Can't you know? do this anymore. And so I think uh, what we want to talk about here is the fact that obedience, um, your children responding to your instructions is is kind of basic to being able to have a peaceful and a productive homeschool. Right. And um, but this isn't really just a homeschool issue. It's a parenting issue, you know. Exactly. And so uh, let's just talk about what this is and why it's important and how we do it. Um, Rhonda, how would you describe first time obedience? Well, it sounds simple. You know, it's expecting <laughs> obedience the first time you ask them to do something or you give them some instructions. I think that the um, walking it out is the hard part. It sounds so yes. simple, but it's it's really difficult. Yeah. A lot of things that are simple are not easy. Yes, that's and true. It is simple. And so I was trying to think of, you know, what is first time obedience not? And it was pretty easy to think of a number of examples. Mm, yeah. So one of them is you say what you want your kid to do over and over and over until you yell at them. Yes. And the thing you're training them to do right there is they know I don't have to do it the first, second or third time. I only have to do it when mom starts yelling or dad starts <laughs> yelling. A certain then I'll do level. it. Yes. So you're always training your kids, you know. Right. Um, another one is uh, counting, you know. Been there, done that, yeah. guilty. I've done that. And so that's one of those things where they, well, we know we can wait until nine or whatever, yeah, whatever right. mom's counting yes. to, you know, <clears throat> before we, before we have to do it. Um, another thing that this is not is um, just allowing disobedience. You know, right. a lot of times you see parents going, well, you know, I don't want to make them and I don't want to inhibit their expressions and all this. It's like, wow, right. that kind of parenting philosophy is not going to get you very far. So you can see what we're not talking about. And we were talking about what I think every parent would want. And that is you instruct your children, you give them uh, something to do, and they respond uh, by doing it. And so let's talk about real mi uh, a minute why that's so important. You know, as you look back, why did you 
put that as a part of, we want to do this for our homeschool. Like, how would you relate that to homeschool as an important thing? Well, it it's what you said earlier. If you mm-hmm. don't have obedient children, then you're not going to get any schoolwork done. <laughs> and I think looking back now, um, I don't claim to have the whole parenting gig figured out <laughs> with my 35 to 18-year-old kids now. Um, but I will say that we tried to follow God's word. Were we always 100%? No, but God gives grace. Mm-hmm. And I think the important part is that you're implementing God's word. God's word says, children, mm-hmm. obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. So we're trying to help them obey God. You know, and that's a great point because part of the process is to teach them mm-hmm. that truth. Teach them, you know, I'm not just making this up myself. Yeah. I'm actually following God's pattern. Mm-hmm. And it's also helpful to realize that God has put all of us under authority at various levels. And so this yes. is great normal training to be able to respond to those who are who are leading us. Um, and the other, the other thing I wanted to mention there is, <clears throat> since God created us to be in community and under authority, kids really don't do well being in charge of themselves. You know, the parents who are like, oh, well, I, I have to let them do it. They don't feel security mm-hmm. and they, they're not operating in health when exactly. they just have total freedom exactly. like that. Now, I will say that um, I think that sometimes, or maybe it's just me, a type A type of personality, I wanted like a formula. Like if I do this, check, 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 then my kids are going to be good. They're going to love God. They're going to be obedient. But it's really more than a formula. Mm-hmm. We, we still want obedience, but we also have to work with the child's temperament mm-hmm. too. Because some kids, I'm sure you've had some, yeah. that you can look at them, they'll cry. The other ones are like, well, just try to make yep. me. <laughs> but there's Absolutely. just so much difference in their temperament and how you have to work with them and their heart, get to their heart. That's right. So we honor the principles and we honor the relationships and the unique person that each of the children are. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. So um, how do we do it? So let's just talk about some ideas here of how do we – establish first-time obedience. And I want to start with something really simple, and that is little toddlers. And Mm -hmm. um, of course, you want to make sure that your little ones know what you're saying. You don't want to ever punish someone or give them consequences for something they don't know. But when they understand what you're saying, um, you want to begin to train them for obedience. And I just always remembered how important it was to know that when I called my children, they would come. It's just like this super, super basic thing. But it's I call one. my children yeah, they and come. they will come. Whoops. And then secondly is that when I'm talking to them, they will look at me mm-hmm. and not just keep playing and stuff. So I just want to throw out those two super basic things yeah. to make sure they'll come when, you're call, uh, when they're called and that they will look at you. Um, another uh, step here I want to mention is to be very clear in the sense of you don't want to ambush your kids. You don't want to give consequences they weren't expecting. And so to expect first-time obedience is to say, you you set it out ahead of time and say, this is what um, is going to happen. I'm going to give you some instructions right now. And if you don't follow them, this is what's going to happen. And you, you give them the ability to understand what's happening, to choose to be obedient at that time, and to choose the results, you know? Mm-hmm. And so giving them that chance to understand it, I think also really helps. I think so too. So uh, one of the difficulties um, 
as you said a minute ago, is consistency. Yes. Uh, when I think of why is it not easy, that's why. it's because you it's have to so stop. hard to be consistent. Yes. Well, you have to stop. Like if you're, in, you're a homeschool mom, you're teaching them. You have to stop in the middle of something to do this. You yeah. really have to. You can't just meet it out. Um, you right. need to talk to them and get to their hearts. And it takes longer. And if you're a box checker, then it slows your day down. So it's more, it's more difficult. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. And I just I think it's it's hard to be consistent because also, you know, give your kid five minute warning before you're leaving the playground. But do you talk to your girlfriend for 15 more minutes? And so then they're like, what? But you said whatever. We have to be yeah. disciplined as well. That's right. So uh, another thing I want to mention is that first time obedience actually helps us. Mm-hmm. Because it prevents us, if if we do it right, from getting to the point of being angry. Yes. Do you ever get to that point where it's like, okay, mm. I am now going to explode because I've said this so many times and you're still not doing it. You know, yes. you just won't do what I'm saying. And so, instead of letting our anger or our volume or our forcefulness be what compels the kids to do what we're saying. We let the consequences do the work. We just, we just say, this is what's going to happen. And I'm not going to be mad at you. But this is what's going to happen. Right. And I'm just helping you. I'm just training you. And so you can be very patient and very gracious and say, you know, I'm sorry. This is what's happened. You know, I don't mm-hmm. want this to happen. I'm not mad at you. But this is, this is the consequence now. Because of your choice yeah. to not obey. Right. right. So, okay, let's brainstorm this. We didn't talk about talking about this. Okay. But what kind of, yeah. (laughs) What kind of consequences do we, can we use or, or how does somebody think through consequences? You know what I mean? Mm, That's a good question. And and one of the, I would just, I'm just going to throw out one of my opinions. And that is once a child gets past those toddler years, um, you know, you should be moving out of spankings and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. yes. and you need to get into More. other kinds of uh, consequences that maybe are related to that right. uh, behavior or something right. like that. There's natural consequences yeah. that would be like, oh, you didn't come when I called you and you were on your game. Okay, you have to, you can't play your game now or yeah, whatever. That's good. Mm-hmm. So w- that's a good point. When, when you can relate the consequence to the um, act or whatever the disobedience is, that really helps. So um, there's a lot to think about here, but I think the most important thing is to be aware of what's going on and stop and try to make a plan and say, what is it that I can do to, to teach my children uh, first-time obedience? Yeah, I think that's great. So now let's move on into the homeschool reality moment. Um, This is the segment that we take a look at what's going on in homeschools around North Carolina. It could even be yours. So we have a video from Jennifer, who's a homeschool mom, and her two daughters. Let's take a look. Hi, I'm Jennifer, and this is my daughter Danielle and Amanda. And what day is it, girls? Danielle, what's your favorite part when we take field trips? Um, they're fun and learn and we get to 
think. So I want to just encourage you moms out there um, that, you know, we try to go out into the world and experience what we're learning. Out of books, it's great. You learn a lot, but it's so much better, isn't it? When we can touch the animals and we can learn about history. Yeah. And we can see things in action and go to places and do that. And one thing that I know is, is that I love even just getting a hold of my friends and my neighbors and family even, like, you don't have to make it a formal thing where you have to pay admission or do anything like that. Just go and find somebody you know that has something really interesting to do or what they do as a job or anything like that. And we can go and learn from them, right? I know Grandpa's done that with you. Yeah. And I think we've had some friends that have taught you things, right? Mm -hmm. All right, well, we hope everybody has a good field trip adventure this week. I'm really glad that Jennifer brought up field trips. Uh, one of the things we do with NCHE is plan awesome field trips. And I just want to read some of the ones we've had uh, already this year. Uh, the Museum of Natural History in Gastonia, the Museum of Life and Science in Durham, North Carolina Transportation Museum, Emerald Village in Spruce Pine, Amazon Adventure Corn Maze, the Animal Park at the Conser uh, Conservators Center in Burlington, and the Nutcracker Ballet is coming up. Uh, in Charlotte in December, we're going to have a, another. A I know another whole set of of field trips mm -hmm. next year. Yes, and so you want to go to the homepage and make sure you're watching for those events to be shown. And of course, you can look at the activities uh, page and look at at the field trips. Um, we really hope you've enjoyed uh, this uh, this episode. Our desire, of course, is to give you all the information and encouragement that you need. If you have a question for us or any feedback for the show, you can send it to the homeschool show at nche.com. We'd love to hear your questions. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. If this has been helpful to you and uh, you think it would be helpful to others, will you please share this with your friends, with your family, with the other homeschool uh, friends and things like that? Um, and one last thought is if you would like to contribute to our uh, reality homeschool moment where we can see videos and what's going on. You can also send them to the homeschool show at nche.com. We'll see you next time.